This is the New Song Church podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message. Well, Merry Christmas, New Song Church. Good to see you this morning. Glad to have you with us. Hey, would you help me welcome everybody that's watching online right now? Our online audience, let them know you're glad that they're tuning in. Welcome to uh, Christmas at New Song, our friends and family service. Whether you are a family member, you're a part of our family here at New Song, or you're a friend, maybe you're visiting today, we want you to know that we're glad that you're here. We hope you feel uh, very welcomed, and if there's anything we can do to serve you while you're here, please let us know. I know they've got some cool stuff out in the lobby after service. Get your picture taken. Get some. We've got a cocoa bar out there, so make sure you stop by and check some of that stuff out. Before I jump into today's message, a couple of announcements for you. Uh, next week, we uh, Christmas falls on Christmas uh, on, on Sunday next week. So we will not have services on Sunday next week, but we will have two Christmas Eve services at three and five o'clock on Christmas Eve. This is our kind of traditional candlelight service. So this is the service where if you want to, you can get dressed up if you want to, come all gussied up, all fancied up if you want to, or if you don't want to, that's fine too, whatever the case may be. Uh, but we're going to light some candles, we're going to sing some songs, we're going to take communion together, and we're just going to remember what Christmas is all about. We're going to remember that the light came into the darkness. Isn't that amazing? Like Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he came, he, he, God himself stepped into this world, wrapped himself in flesh, was born in a manger, was born into poverty, was born into, into darkness, so we through him could have light. Aren't you grateful for Jesus this morning? So next week, we're going to celebrate that together. So I encourage you to be here if you can, if you're in town. Uh, if you've got family with you, bring them, 3 and 5 o'clock. Make sure that you're here with us for that. And then the next weekend after that, we're kicking off a brand new year, a new song church, 2023. You guys ready? Yeah. <laughs> kind of getting there? Okay. Well, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And we're starting off the year with a brand new series on the Holy Spirit it's going to be awesome. It's called School of the Spirit. We're going to unpack who the Holy Spirit is, help you have a greater understanding of his role in your life, who he wants to be, how to be led by him, guided by him. This helper of the Holy Spirit, man, it's going to be awesome. Get ready for that. Uh, we'll also, we've got new Being Transformed journals. Make sure you pick those up. The new red Being Transformed journal, you got to grab one of those. Uh, we'll also have Blocks Conference starting that, that, that Sunday. The first, the second, and the third Blocks Conference. We've got Pastor David Perkins coming in. Blocks is awesome. Great way for us to just get off this year on the great, uh, get off this year to a great start. And then we've got 21 days of prayer and fasting going along with all that. So, a lot going on. I want to encourage you, out in the lobby, we've got these, these little calendar things that we, that we made that kind of give you a list of all the stuff that's going on at New Song Church through April. So grab one of these, put it up on your fridge, and that will keep you in the loop. Also, I wanted to give you an update on where we are in Heart for the House. Guys, you guys are awesome. Our church is so awesome. You guys are such incredible givers, so faithful. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Heart for the House is we, we take up a special offering every year at the end of the year, and we invite you to help us to kind of grow and expand what God is doing through New Song Church. And this year, we're raising money to help us as we move into a new building. We've got a building a mile from here that we're going to convert into the new home of New Song Church. It's 35,000 square feet, and uh, the blueprints are just, guys, it's going to be awesome. In fact, this is really cool. In one service at this new building, we can, we can run through that building in one service what we currently can only run through in three services here at New Song Church right now. 
So our capacity is going to increase and just the way that we're doing it is going to be so much more excellent and, and just really enable us to really minister to the church, reach more people. And so we invited you to help us. It's an $8 million project. We've already raised a million dollars. We're inviting you to help us to raise another 500000 to go towards that. And to date, uh, you guys pledged with first-time gifts or your sacrificial first-time gift, $176,425, church. Yeah, give yourself a hand. That's awesome. Along with that, over the next two years, you pledged another $394,000 in pledges. So thank you so much for your faithfulness. I want to encourage you, make sure you get those pledges in. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to give yet, we're still, we've still got this open. We're going to keep it open uh, until we reach our goal here. So, so uh, if you haven't had a chance to give yet, make sure that you give and be a part of that. God's got big things planned for our church. You believe that? Yes. It's going to be good. All right. Well, um, Let's jump into the word. You ready for that? We're concluding our series today called Enter Advent. And we've been talking about this season of Advent. For those of you who don't know what Advent is, if that's you, that's okay. That's kind of how where I was at one point. You know, Advent to me was like a calendar that we had at home that had these little pockets in it. And you'd get like every day, you're kind of counting down to Christmas and you'd pull a little candy out. Uh, but Advent is actually more than that, just so you know. It's actually something that the church has celebrated for 2,000 plus years. And Advent means this. It means a coming or an arrival. And what we celebrate during the season of Advent is we celebrate the coming or the arrival of Jesus. First of all, we celebrate that 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped into the darkness of this world. He stepped into the mess of this world. He stepped into sin. He put on flesh. He came into this world and, and he made a way. He was born in the manger, right? That's what we're celebrating this Christmas. So we remember that, that he came. We also remember that he's coming again, that someday Jesus said, I'm going to come back, right? He's going to return and he's going to receive his church. He's going to receive all of those who have made him the Lord of their life. And so we, we remember what he's done. We look forward to what he's doing. But we also remember that he wants to come and arrive in your life every day. And he wants to bring these themes of admin into the reality of your everyday life. And so we've talked about those themes. They are uh, hope, love, joy, and today I'm going to talk to you about peace. Somebody say peace. I'm calling this message, Give Peace a Chance. Give Peace a Chance. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Let's pray as we jump into the word this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the peace of God that's available to each and every one of us. We thank you that peace is possible because of Jesus. And so right now, Lord, as we look to your word, we pray that you would reveal your word to us, that you would reveal the truth of your word to us. Lord, I know there's probably people in this world that are struggling with peace right now. They're struggling in the, in the, the grind of their life right now to find peace. Lord, we thank you that you are our peace. And so I pray that there would be a revelation, that we would not just hear a, a, a creative talk, but that we would receive a deposit from the Spirit of God that would change our life. Lord, we say we want to walk away from this service different. We want to walk away knowing you in a greater way. And so we ask you to speak a specific word to each and every individual in this room. Only you can do that, Lord. So we invite you to show up. Let there be none of me in this. Let it be all you. We thank you for what you're going to do today. We give you praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Somebody say peace. You know, we're living in a world where there's a lot of stuff that can kind of get in between us and peace, right? You notice that? Like there's, there's a lot of interrupters of peace that exist in this world. And so because of that, 
uh, we do a pretty good job in, in ourself of trying to kind of create an atmosphere where we can experience uh, a version of peace. And so when I, when I talk to you about peace this morning, like where do you go? What, what do you think of when you think of like ways to, to kind of find some peace? I've, I've got a few ideas. Maybe, some, maybe you go to a place like this. Maybe this is your idea of peace. Just getting to the beach, you know, getting on a, on a beach chair, getting your feet in the sand, warm, some kind of pineapple-shaped drink in your hand, I don't know, just enjoying the rhythm of the waves coming in. This, this, this past summer, uh, Sarah and I went to Mexico, we went to Cancun, we spent a, a few days there without any kids. And let me just tell you, the beach without kids is awesome. Like the only, the, most of the time when I've gone to the beach uh, in the past like 15 years, it's been with kids and it's, it's, it's not relaxing with kids. It's really not like, especially when they're little, you're like trying to keep them from like eating the sand, you know, but man, you go without kids and you can just chill. I took some good naps at the beach. It was awesome. And so maybe that's you, maybe that's your idea of, of, of relaxation. Maybe, maybe this is more your rhythm, something kind of like this. You just want to get away, get into some nature, you know, get by a, a babbling brook, just babble brook, you know what I mean? And just chill, read a book, just get away, disconnect from the hubbub of life. Maybe for you, it's like getting in a, in a deer stand and, and killing something, peace, right? <laughs> I don't know, but just being able to disconnect, get off the grid a little bit, disconnect from suburban life, get out in nature. Maybe that's your idea. Maybe, maybe this is your idea of peace, something more like this, like a spa day. Some of you ladies in here, you like a spa day. Some of you dudes in here, you like a spa day. Get a massage, get a facial, you know, get somebody rubbing on you like that. Did not come out right. But <laughs> let's go to the next one here. Oh man, parents, you know this one. Getting your kids to sleep, like that's peace. Like all the kids are asleep in their beds. How many of you parents, you relate to this? Moms, dads, you know what I'm talking about? I remember when my kids were little and you know, you're trying to get that last little one down and they're in their crib and you have to like put your hand on them, you know? Or maybe you're trying to balance that, keeping the, keeping the, the pacifier like inserted, like you're keep punching it back in. But that, I saw this thing the other day, they take these gloves now and they put like rice in them and stuff and you put it on your kids. You do like the, the Indiana Jones transfer with it and then you can walk away and they still think the hands, I didn't know about that when I was little. I wish I would have known about that. But I remember like being in there and you're trying to get them to sleep and you finally, you think they're actually out. You like, you wait a while because you don't want to mess this up. And then you're like creeping out of the room and opening the door and like, you know, looking at your spouse, so they're about to say something to you. You're like, shut up, right? <laughs> Why? Because you want some peace. And when the kids are in bed, you can have some peace. You can relax. You can chill. Maybe that's your idea of peace. Maybe it's something like this. You're, you're one of those responsible types. You like all the bills paid. You like all the lists checked. You like everything accomplished, done. Like that's your idea of peace. Getting out from under some debt. Getting your school loans paid off. Somebody say Amen. That sounds like peaceful to you. Maybe, maybe this is more your speed, something like this. Like you want a clean house. That's peace for you. That's, this is Sarah in our home. She likes, before she can go to bed at night, she has to have the house in order. So like she wants all the pillows in, the, in, a, in a certain order, that, which no one else knows but her. And so sometimes I'll just kind of move one just to mess with her, right? She doesn't want any, any dishes in the sink. Like if every, then, then she can relax. She gets all that stuff in order, then then she can relax. I don't know. Maybe one of these things speaks to you. Maybe it doesn't. But, it, but here's what I think. I think all of this stuff has in common is this. 
A lot of times when we think of peace, what we think of is if I can just get all the circumstances of my life in the proper order, then if, if everything, if I can get everything just right, if I can escape and kind of make everything as it should be, then I can have, then I can have peace. Then I can be able to relax, then I can chill, then I can accomplish and experience this peace that I want to have. But here, here's the problem with that. Now listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of these things. This is, you know, this circumstantial peace is not a bad thing. It's not something I would say not to pursue. But there is a problem with circumstantial peace. And here's the problem. It's circumstantial. And that means in order for you to have it, in order for you to experience it, all the circumstances have to be just right. And if one little thing gets off, then your peace goes out the door. Like the beach is great, unless, unless the tide brings in a bunch of jellyfish, right? This happened to us a couple years ago. We're at the beach, you know, ready to have a relaxing day. We get out in the water and we're getting stung by these little jellyfish. That was not a fun day at the beach. The beach is great unless there's like a shark fin spotted out in the water. The beach is great unless the guy two towels down from you is listening to Baja men who let the dogs out on repeat at a high volume. That's not a good beach day. That's not a good day. <laughs> Somebody say, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it, nature's great unless it's too cold. Your fingers are freezing. Your toes are freezing. Nature's great unless it's too hot. Nature's great unless the mosquitoes are biting. Right? A massage is great unless the masseuse has B.O. <laughs> like, that'll mess your massage up. The dude smells like something else. Right? My point is this, circumstantial peace is, is fleeting and it's hard to get and it's easy to lose. And so Jesus comes on the scene 2,000 years ago, this, this king of peace, this prince of peace, this one bearing peace, and he brings us a different kind of peace, a different kind of option when it comes to peace. And actually the peace that, that God offers you is easy to get and it's hard to lose. It's a beautiful kind of peace we can all experience. Look at this with me. This is uh, John chapter 14. Jesus says this. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Now, let me remind you, it's Christmas time, right? At Christmas time, we give each other gifts, don't we? And when we give gifts, uh, hopefully, we're, we're trying to give gifts to people that kind of are a way of us expressing our love and our care for them. And we're trying to think of, you know, what we can get them and what's gonna, what they're really going to need and what they're really going to enjoy and what's going to be of value to them. So this is Jesus giving us a gift, talking about a gift he's going to give us. It's something that he knows that we need. It's something that he's expressing his love to us through this gift. He wants us to, to give us something that's going to help us, that's going to improve the quality of our life. He says, I'm, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Now look at this. He says, and the peace I give is a gift. Look at this. The world cannot give. Listen, the peace that Jesus offers you, you cannot find any other way. The peace of God, you're not going to find it uh, through, you know, a certain amount of money that you make. You're not going to find it through a, a relationship that you can kind of develop here with other people. You're not going to find it uh, by, by trying to escape from it. Like the only way you can accomplish and arrive at this peace that Jesus offers you is through Jesus. He says, peace of mind and heart. And this peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus says, I'm going to give you a gift of peace. My question for you is, are you walking and experiencing that gift? Or, or what are you experiencing? Is your life burdened by trouble, burdened by chaos, burdened by the, the circumstances of life? 
Is peace something that feels like it's, it's hard to get for you? Does it feel like something that you, you only experience it in, in a fleeting way and then it escapes from you? If so, then you're not operating in the peace of God. You're operating in this idea of worldly peace. And Jesus offers you something better. Jesus says, I'm going to give you a gift, this gift of peace. And this just makes sense when you think about the life of Jesus and you look at Jesus throughout Scripture. Because when you really start to look at Jesus and his life and his ministry, peace was like always about him when, he, when, it was, when the Bible speaks to his ministry. In fact, I would say it like this. Peace is a signature move of Jesus. It's a signature move of Jesus. In, in Luke chapter 2, it's a very familiar passage, especially this time of year at Christmas. The, the angels appear to the shepherds, keeping watch over their flock by night, making an announcement about this Messiah, this Jesus, who has just been born. It says this in verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Somebody say, on earth. On earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Notice here that the announcement of the presence of Jesus on the scene was accompanied by a declaration that peace is now on the scene and available. And I love what it says. It says it's an on earth peace. This is not a peace that's like, okay, someday when this life is over, you know, I'll fly away and then I'll have peace. No, no, no. This is, this is an on earth peace, which sounds pretty good to me right about now. I don't know about you. But having some peace on earth, that sounds pretty good. Because you know what? We, we're living in an interesting time, aren't we? I would say in my lifetime, I've, I was born in 1979, November 1979. Grew up in the 80s and the 90s. And, and, and man, the last few years have been unique in my lifetime for me. I know that in the world, you know, we've had different generations that have experienced different levels of trouble and chaos and all those kind of things. So, so, so some of this isn't new, but yet some of it feels new to us. Like some of this stuff has been wild, like the pandemic a couple years ago that we walked through and all the political turmoil and all the racial injustice stuff that popped up. And then you look at stuff like all these massive issues that exist sometimes that you look at and you're just like, I, I don't, I don't really know what we're going to do about this stuff. Sex trafficking, slavery, domestic violence, suicide, wars, drug addiction, homelessness, child abuse. Like there's been times over the past few years where if somebody would have come up to me and said, hey, guess what? The sky is falling. I would have been like, seems about right, right? And yet Jesus says, on earth, peace. On earth. And like when he said that, he wasn't like, oh man, I had no idea that 2020 was going to hit. Like... He knew exactly what was coming. And so the promise of Jesus is there's a peace that's possible for you to experience even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of problems. Why? Because peace is a person and his name is Jesus. And the signature move of this Jesus is to bring peace to your life. Isaiah 9, 6 uh, prophesying about this Messiah who would come 700 years before he shows up on the scene. It says this, it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called. No, notice, it doesn't say his name will be called Jesus. It says his name will be called, and so what it's speaking to here is, is what he's going to be about. Like, this is what he's going to do. This is what, this isn't just what his name is, this is what he's going to be all about. His name will be called Wonderful, like 
wonderful. He's going to be wonderful. He wants to be wonderful in your life. Like I, I used to always hear this verse and I thought it was wonderful counselor. Like that was one thing, but it's just, his name will be called wonderful. Like he wants to be wonderful in your life. And he wants to be a counselor. He wants to direct you. He wants to lead you. He wants to show you what to do. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. Don't forget that this Jesus is God. He is God with us. Unto us a child is born. He is God, and this God is mighty. He is powerful. He is mighty to move in your circumstances. He wants to be mighty in your life. Mighty God, everlasting Father. You know what that means? That he is the love of a father that will outlast anything you throw at him. Any sin that you do, any mistakes that you make, his love will continue to outlast your mistakes. He loves you like that. He's an everlasting father. And then he's a prince of peace. And it says this, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Notice two times when Isaiah prophesies about this Messiah, he says, peace is going to be a signature move of who he is. He'll be a prince of peace. What's a prince? It's the son of a king who enforces his rule and his reign in his areas of influence. My question for you is, does the Prince of Peace have influence in your life? Are you allowing him to bring about his rule and his reign of peace in your life like he wants to? Hebrews 7, 17, talking about Jesus says, he will be a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek means a king of peace. Ephesians 2, 14, talking about Jesus says, for he himself Talking about Jesus, he is our peace. Here's what I want you to see. Peace is a signature move of the Savior. It's a signature move of the Messiah. It's a signature move of Jesus. He wants to move in peace in your life. And the peace that he wants to bring in your life, I love what he says in John 14. It's not like the world gives. The peace he wants to bring to you is not fleeting. It's not something that's hard to get. It's something that's easy to get through him. It's something that's easy to keep through him. He wants to move in your life in peace. And, and so here's how this works. The peace of, that Jesus gives is not defined by the absence of something. It's not defined by just getting the wrong stuff out of your life. It's defined by the presence of someone. And that someone is Jesus himself, the Prince of Peace, the King of Peace, who wants to establish a kingdom of peace through your life. And when he's present in your life and you're aware of his presence in your life and you're aware of what it means to know him and walk with him and who he wants to be as he brings about peace in your life, man, I'm telling you, when you understand who Jesus really is, it helps you to walk in the kind of peace that God wants to bring about in your life, which Philippians 4, 7 talks about a peace which transcends your understanding. That's the peace that Jesus wants to bring, a, a peace that surpasses your understanding. Or I would say it like this, it's almost like an irrational peace. It's like, it doesn't matter that the situation around you is chaotic. It, you don't have to have everything exactly in the right order and everything exactly right in order to have peace. You can have peace in the middle of the storm because you know that Jesus is with you in the storm. Somebody say amen. amen. Mark chapter four, there's a story where Jesus and his disciples are crossing over the Sea of Galilee in this boat. And the way the Sea of Galilee works is it kind of sits 700 feet below sea level. And so it has, because of that, it's really easy for these storms to kind of rise up quickly and they can be very dangerous, very like crazy storms. And so Jesus goes to his disciples and everything's calm at the time. He says, guys, we're going to cross over to the other side. And so they get on this boat and they begin to go. And one of these storms rises 
And it's beating against the boat. The waves are beating against the boat. The wind is howling. And, 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 and the boat begins to kind of break apart like things are not looking good. And so the disciples, like many of us, they're freaking out a little bit because the storm is bad. And so they go looking for Jesus and they find him in the back of the boat. And it says this in Mark 4. It says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. So in the middle of the storm, waves are beating, wind is crashing, I mean, it's not looking good. Things are falling apart. In the middle of that, Jesus is displaying perfectly Philippians 4 peace. The circumstances don't have him freaking out. He's sleeping on a pillow. He's at peace. But the disciples are not. And so they, they run to him, and they shake him, and they wake him. And it says in verse 38, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? How many of you have been there before? Like the circumstances of life are are beating against your life and things aren't looking good and you're kind of looking around going, God, do you even care? Do you even care about what I'm facing? Are you awake? Are you paying attention? Like this, what's happening in my marriage? This is not a small thing. What's happening with my kids? This is not a small thing. Me losing my job, this is not a small thing. What's happening with my health? This is not a small thing. What's happening with my finances? This is not a small thing. God, where are you in the middle of all this? It says in verse 39, he got up, Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, peace, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. So he, he calms down the situation supernaturally because he's the king of peace. He calms things down and then he looks at them and he says, Mark 4, 40, he said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no peace? Now this is the part that really stood out to me this week as I was studying this. Because when Jesus asks this question, it almost feels a little unfair, right? Because now things are chill. Things are calm. So now he looks at him and he goes, guys, why are you so afraid? Why do you have such little faith? And they're probably going, well, okay, well, now I get, like, now I get it. It's chill. Like, things are calm because you did your, you know, your Jesus thing. But a minute ago, it looked bad. A minute ago, the waves were bad, the wind was bad, and, and so that's why we were freaking out, because they're, they're kind of thinking, man, because the circumstances are bad, it, it's bad. But Jesus is pointing them to a greater truth here. Regardless of the circumstances, listen, Jesus was in the boat. Here's what he's asking them, why are you afraid? Don't you know who's with you? Whether it's calm or whether it's crazy, are you aware of who's with you in the boat. And they're not aware. That's why they're freaking out. Because if they're aware that God with us is with us in the boat, they wouldn't be afraid. It wouldn't matter what's going on. They wouldn't be afraid. They would know we got a word from him. We're crossing over. And so we're, we're faithful. He's going to fulfill his word. Storm may come. I've got peace because I've got Jesus with me. Not so much anymore, but when my kids were little, uh, from time to time, you know how it is living in Oklahoma. We get storms, right? And, you know, when you live here, like I have my whole life, like I don't get very freaked out about the storms. In fact, I'm the guy that like, you know, the tornado siren goes off and I go outside to see what's happening. Like I'm looking around, you know, trying to figure this out. Not the smartest thing in the world, but hey, it's what I do, right? It's what you do when you're an Okie, right? But my kids, you know, they're, they're newer at this. And especially when they were little, there'd be a storm like at night that would rise up. And there'd be this moment, and, and some of you parents, you can relate to this, like having that moment where your child just is like, you become aware of their presence in your room with you, but they don't like 
tap you or say anything. They just stare at you. <laughs> you ever been there? My kids would do this. Like you're, you're sleeping and all of a sudden it's like something's going on. Like you're aware. There's a presence in the room and you're kind of like opening your eyes a little bit and, there, and then you see a silhouette and then the lightning flashes and it's everything you can do by the Holy Spirit not to punch whatever's in front of you in the face. Thank you, Lord. I've never punched a child. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but they're just showing, you're like, oh, okay, what are you doing? And normally they would, they would say something along these lines. Daddy, there's, a, there's thunder. Dad, there, there's a storm. And here's what I learned. In that moment, like I could, I, I could give them information, but that's not really what they need. Like I could go, you know what? If you'll just, when the lightning flashes start to count, and when you, you hear the thunder, you'll kind of get a range of how far away the storm is from you at that time. Some of you are going, really? Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> or I could say, you know what? Let's pull out the Doppler here and let me show you what's going on here and kind of like... I don't even know what I'm doing. You guys, you live in Oklahoma, you know, and they, they break in with the wind thing, breaking weather. And they break in and they're like showing you stuff and hooks on the screen and stuff. And I'm just sitting there going, where am I on here? Anybody else? You're like, where's Edmund? Where's Deer Creek? I don't, is this, am I good? Like what, you know, I could give them information. I could talk about, you know, the forewarned team, what they're saying. And, but what, I, what I've come to learn is like, that doesn't help them in that moment. What they need in that moment is not just information. What they need in that moment is my presence. So what I do is I get up and I go to where they're trying to find peace, where they're trying to relax. And I bring my presence into the middle of that place where they're trying to find peace. And now, because they have my presence with them, they can rest. And they lay down and they go to sleep. Is it because the storm went away? No. I didn't magically make the storm go away. But now because they have dad with them and they know dad, they know dad loves them. They know dad knows more than them. They know dad's stronger than them. And so because of that, they can find peace in the middle of the storm, not because the storm's gone, but because dad is near. This is a beautiful picture of who Jesus wants to be in your life. Jesus wants to be a God with us. He wants to show up in the middle of your storm. He wants to minister to you. He wants to bring his presence and his peace into the storm with you. John Ortberg says this. He says, peace doesn't come from finding a lake with no storms. It comes from having Jesus in the boat. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, then guess what? God's in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. And the presence of Jesus with you and your awareness of his presence and your awareness of who he wants to be to you, your awareness of the kind of God that we serve, his love for you, helps you to have peace in the middle of the storm. Alexander McLaren says, peace comes not from the absence of trouble, but from the presence of God, God with us. And that's one of the things that Advent season helps us to do. It helps us to remember that in the middle of where we find ourselves, there is a coming Lord who wants to show up in the middle and he wants to bring hope and love and joy and peace into our circumstances. But, but if we're being real, I think the thing that plagues many of us is that we, we fool ourselves into thinking that we're doing pretty good at just kind of handling everything ourselves. And then it just takes a little bit of chaos for all of a sudden us to become acutely aware, I am not in near as much control as I would like to be. And one of the things I've discovered as a pastor, especially over the last few years, is more often than not, I find myself going, 
I don't exactly know what to do about this. Like that happens a lot. Juggling all the stuff I have to juggle and writing a message every week and dealing with staff and dealing with people in the church and then all these issues that pop up. Let me just tell you, stuff like 2020, there was no manual for that in the pastor handbook. Like there, and you, and you have all these people coming to you, like 500 people going, we need to do this. And another 500 people going, we need to do this. And those two things are completely opposite. And, and then you, you know, we've got a growing church and, and we've bought land. And, and so what do we do? Like navigating all this, there's been many times, do we add a service? When do we add a service? Where do we add a service? What do we do over here? What do we do with it? Like there's many times I find myself going, I don't really know what to do right now. And when you find yourself in that place, it's a place where you, you struggle with peace. But here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. In the presence of Jesus is peace. And so when I find myself in those places where I don't know what to do, here's what I know to do. I go to Jesus and I say, come Lord. And I invite Jesus in to the issue. And, and you know what happens? It's not that when I invite him in, it's like abracadabra, everything changes to exactly what I wanted it to be. It's not that. It's that I become aware that Jesus is with me. I become aware of his voice speaking to me and saying, hey, I know you may not know what's going to happen. I know you may not know what, 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 what the future looks like, but I do know, and I'm with you, so son, you can be at peace. Peace is not about the absence of something. It's about the presence of of someone, and that someone is Jesus. Jesus wants to be in the boat with you, and real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Jesus says it like this, John 16, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Where do we find it? In him, in him, in Jesus. Look at this, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The promise of Jesus here is not a, a, a life free of problems, it's, it's, it's the promise that he'll be with you in the middle of them. And if he's in you and, you're, and he's with you and you're in him like you should be, then you can have peace in the middle of whatever you're facing. Real peace, true lasting peace is only found in the presence of Jesus. If you were here a couple weeks ago, uh, when, I, when I preached about hope, I talked about Revelation 22 and how Revelation 22 speaks to this idea that Jesus is coming again, that we find hope in looking ahead that someday Jesus is going to come back. And, and that's what Revelation, the book of Revelation, talks a lot about the second coming of Jesus. And Revelation 22 is the last book in the Bible. The last verse in the Bible, Revelation 22, verse 20 says this, The one who gives this testimony says, Yes, I am coming. Amen, which means so be it. And then look at these last three words of the Bible. Come, Lord Jesus. Those last three words of the Bible need to be a continual prayer that's on the lips of your life every day. Come, Lord Jesus. Now this week you're going to step into some situations with family. It's Christmas time. And probably some of you are going, this is going to get interesting, right? Christmas with family. And you've probably even started to think this week, man, I hope that they don't do this. I hope that they don't show up. I hope they don't say anything about that because that's going to, oh. I hope it's not like a couple years ago. And we just kind of hope that this works out okay. How about instead of that? How about, come Lord Jesus. Hey Jesus, would you come in me? Would you be with me? 
And, and then through me, would you help me bring peace into the atmosphere I walk into? Come, Lord Jesus, I need you. And so I invite you in. You say, Pastor Josh, is that necessary? Like, didn't, didn't Jesus say that I'll be with you even to the end of the age? And he said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. Why do I need to invite him in if I already have him with me? Well, let me, let me relate it kind of like this, all right? 20 years ago, this summer, 20 years ago, Sarah and I got married and we stood before some family and some friends and we made some vows to each other similar to the vows that Jesus made. I'll always be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you till death do us part, so on and so forth, right? So we made those vows to each other. And since then, for 20 years, we have lived in close proximity to each other. We're in the car together all the time. We live in the same home together. We sleep in the same room. We sleep in the same bed. So, so we are close, right? But one of the things I've discovered in 20 years of marriage is I can be very close to Sarah in proximity, but if I don't invite her in to what's going on in my life, we can be close in proximity and yet miles away. See, what determines how in my life Sarah is, is my invitation. I have to invite her in. Hey, this is going on in my heart right now. This is, I'm, I'm struggling with this, babe. Just so you know, I've been, I've been thinking about this. And when I invite her, her in, then she can come and step into those situations with me and I can be closer to her. She's there, but now we're closer than ever before. Now listen, in the same way, understand this about Jesus. Jesus is always with you. If you've made Jesus Lord of your life, he's there. He'll never leave you or forsake you. But he's also an invite-only God. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. That means he's waiting for you to say, hey, come Lord Jesus. Step into this situation. He's waiting for you to say, hey Jesus, this is going on in me. Is it because he doesn't know? No, he knows. But he will not move in your life until you invite him in your life. And so, Jesus, this is going on in my heart, and I need you. Would you come, Lord Jesus, and would you minister in this area? Jesus, I'm struggling with fear right now. I'm struggling with fear. Jesus, would you come and would you move in this area? Right now, would you come, Lord Jesus? Jesus, I'm struggling with understanding the future. I'm struggling with this thing I don't, I don't, I don't see right now. I don't understand. Jesus, I'm struggling. Would you, would you come, Lord Jesus, and would you move in my life? Jesus is just waiting for your invitation. My question is, where are you going to find peace? Because this peace that, that Jesus talks about, this gift of peace, it it's not found in the world. Like you can't like go, well, you know what? I'll just avoid it. I'll just, I'll just keep myself busy and I'll just watch enough shows and enough movies and just kind of try to tune this out, play enough music, watch enough reels. Like I'll just keep myself busy. If that's the kind of life you're living, your life is gonna feel chaotic. Or if you just think, man, if I can just get enough information about this, you know, then I'll have peace. So what's WebMD say? What does Google say? Let me, let me just dig into the internet. Let me go down these rabbit holes and kind of find out what's really going on here. If I dig deep enough in the internet, I'll finally understand what's truly going on. Listen, peace isn't found on the internet. The peace of God is found in Jesus. It's in him. Because here's who Jesus is. He's a king of peace. He's a prince of peace. He has a gift of peace. And he wants to establish a kingdom of peace. Why? Because he is peace. Peace is a person. That's what Ephesians 2 tells us. Look at this, Ephesians 2, 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one. We're one with Jesus and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. What's that speaking to? Well, it's speaking to the biggest issues of our life. 
See, when Jesus came, he, he didn't just come and, and, and wasn't just born in a manger and that was the end of it. You know, the story goes on from there. And he lived a life and then he died on the cross for our sins. And so what he did was he, he established peace in three areas of our life. We can all experience the peace of God. Number one, we can have peace with God. Peace with God. Why? Because our sins have been forgiven. When you confess Jesus, Lord of your life, you can have your sins washed away. And now the hostility, the separation that, that, you, that was once there between you and God, it can be erased and you can be connected with God. You can have peace with God. And now because of what Jesus did and because of how he accomplished it, you can have peace with yourself because you understand this isn't about me just living a perfect life and getting everything exactly perfect and having my circumstances exactly as they should be. Jesus established my peace through his grace. It's not about what I do, it's about what he's done. And so now I can have peace with myself because I have peace with God. I have peace with myself. And now, because of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Spirit, I can walk in the fruit of the Spirit, which one of those fruits of the Spirit is peace, which means I can walk in peace and I can be a peacemaker and I can establish peace in this world. So I can have peace with God, I can have peace with myself, and I can have peace with others. He covered it all. He took care of it all. My question is, are you turning to him for your peace? Are you going to Jesus for your peace? So, so here's the question that I wanna leave you with. Will you give peace a chance? Give peace a chance. If you wanna walk in the peace, give peace a chance. Who is peace? Peace is Jesus. He's Jesus. In the 1960s, uh, during all the chaos of the Vietnam War and the turmoil that was going on there, John Lennon wrote this song called Give Peace a Chance. And the verses talk about, everybody's talking about, everybody's saying, it lists all these different things. And then the chorus goes, all we are saying is give peace a chance. And people would, would sing this and they would march and they would do walkouts in schools. And it was, it was this rally cry that was being established in the time. Now, John Lennon was kind of onto something here. Now, he had it wrong because he was looking at political means and rallies and stuff to establish this peace. But, but in the lyrics of those songs is a truth I want you to see today. Everything I'm saying in this message comes down to this. All I am saying is give peace a chance. And peace is a person. And his name is Jesus. Will you give him a chance? In that area of chaos and turmoil in your life, will you give Jesus a chance with that? Will you invite him in? Will you welcome him in so he can bring his peace? He wants to give you the gift of peace. Are you walking in that? If not, you're missing out on something Jesus has firmly established and wants to bring into your life. All I'm saying is give peace a chance. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to encourage you right here to take a moment and that, that Revelation 22 prayer, maybe you find yourself right now dealing with some turmoil, dealing with some chaos, dealing with some questions. There's an area of your life right now that you're, like going, that you're struggling with peace in that area. I want to invite you right here, right now, in this moment, to say, come, Lord Jesus. If that's you, just, just invite, invite Jesus to come and begin to move in that area in your life. Lord Jesus, I pray as people in this room, I know there's people dealing with stuff, dealing with hurt, dealing with fear, dealing with questions. I pray, Lord, that the, the God of peace would bring your peace into this moment for them, Lord, that they would be acutely aware of the love of God, the heart of God, that there is a, there's an everlasting Father 
who loves them. He's a mighty God, a prince of peace. The government is on his shoulders. He can carry it. He's strong enough. Thank you, Lord, that they would become aware of the peace that you want to bring to their life, Lord God. Download your love into them right now. Thank you, Lord. You minister peace to your people. You love your people. Minister peace to them right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Fill up this room with your peace. Let the atmosphere of our life be peace. Or as we move into this week of Christmas, Lord, let, let peace, let us be peacemakers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just let the Lord minister to you right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good. Maybe there's someone here today and you would say, you know what, Pastor Josh, I don't know that I am at peace with God. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life or I have before, but I know that today I'm not where I should be. I've kind of slipped away. I've turned my back on the Lord. I wanna, I wanna be right with the Lord today. If that's you and you would say yes to either one of those things, I wanna pray with you. I wanna lead you in a prayer so that you can know that you're right with God. Jesus says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, you can be saved. There's a, there's a work that Jesus wants to do to bring peace to your heart today, knowing that you're right with God and that your sins are forgiven. So if that's you and you say, man, that's me, I, I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life today, or I wanna recommit my life to Jesus, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And church, since we agree with what they're doing, let's all say this together. Say, Father God, say it like you mean it. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. I confess that I've sinned and I need a savior. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I believe that he rose from the grave so that I, through him, could have new life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give those a hand who just prayed that prayer. Come on. I'm going to go ahead and invite the altar ministry team to come down at this time. If you're here today and you have a prayer need of any kind, we'd love to pray with you. Maybe you just want somebody to lay hands on you today and just pray peace over you. We'd love to do that. Whatever it is, if it matters to you, it matters to God. If you have a prayer need, need, need healing, need wisdom, whatever it may be, we'd love to pray with you. If you just prayed that prayer to make Jesus the Lord of your life or to rededicate your life to God, I want to encourage you to come down and let these guys know. We have a, a gift we want to put in your hand. A, a miracle took place in you when you prayed that prayer. You were born again. You received a brand new spirit. But, but that's not where it ends. There's, there's a walking out of our salvation. There's a working out of what happened on the inside through the rest of our life. And we want to help you get on the road to that so you can practice the way of Jesus and know the God that we know who's so good. So if that's you today, I want to encourage you, come down, let somebody know. Church, would you stand with me? We're going to go back into a time of worship. This is your time. If you've got a prayer need, let's fill up these altars. Let's pray. Let's go to the Lord. If not, let's just worship this God of peace. Let's glorify this incredible Lord who stepped into this world and came to bring peace to our lives so that we can have peace with God. Let's, let's just worship Him right now. Lord, we're so grateful that You are the Prince of Peace. And so we say, have Your reign and Your rule in our heart. Be, be the Lord of our life. Be the God of our life. We give You our life, Lord. Thank You for saving us. And I pray if there's anyone in this room 
who has a prayer need of any kind, that you would draw them to your altars to receive all that you have for them today. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for New Song Church OKC in the App Store.